We are CEOs, executives, educators, and professionals from all sectors of society who support the global expansion of betterment in the world through joy and joyly. I'm your host, Cheryl Lynn, founder of the Chair of Joy Experience. Together, we have developed the World Council of Joy, and our council invites CEOs and innovators from impactful organizations to the Joyly podcast. We showcase how generous, bold, and fully engaged they are in their work and what a culture of joy is to them. Hi there, this is Cheryl Lynn, and I couldn't be more pleased to bring to you another amazing podcast on the Joyly Podcast, and our tagline is Life Expansion Through Experience. So I'm learning that in the world, 71% of people are disengaged at work, and 50% are looking for another job while they're at work. Um, What Joyly is all about is the experience economy, giving people an experience so that they can shift to joy. And when we raise the vibration of joy, so many things, so many amazing things began to happen. It's not just about joy, but about life expansion. Our guest today, Lindsay Wander, is an amazing human being that has two businesses, and I'm going to let her tell you about them. But basically, she is impacting uh, her community through tutoring and educating. So, Lindsay, welcome. Thank you for having me. You're very welcome. You're in Chicago today. How's the weather? Oh, I have not even gone outside. So from my window, it looks sunny, but you know, you never know with with the city. <laughs> it's absolutely gorgeous. I I live in Wisconsin, so we're we're kind of neighbors. Yeah. So we are all about the production of joy and what it means when a world shifts to joy. So I think um, introduce yourself, of course. Tell us a little bit about your businesses, and then what do you think about joy? Uh, is are we a joyful or joyless society? That's a that's a big one. Um, So I own a company called Worldwise Tutoring, and we work with students of all ages, all abilities, all subjects in person and online. Um, And then I started that about 10 years ago. And about six months ago, I started a nonprofit, um, which is giving our same high quality tutoring to students who otherwise wouldn't have access to it. It's called Educate, Radiate, Elevate. And both of the companies are really focused on a lot of probably what we'll touch on today, but um, the, the deeper, the deeper stuff. So, you know, if a student is struggling in school, it's not because they're not capable. There's something else going on. And so we really seek to address those underlying concerns and hopefully get them in a position where they don't need a tutor anymore, where they're empowered to you know, find their unique voice, forge their own path, and end up in a place where they are joyful and not in a place where we do see many people um, where they're in careers that they kind of were told to do or thought was expected of them or in lives like that. So to answer your question um, in terms of joyless or joyful, I feel like we can have more joy if we were more authentic to ourselves and less swayed by others who might be well-meaning, but we have to really tie into what's important for us, what's interesting to us, what are we passionate about, um, and really, you know, go down that path. I think that we seek joy, so that's good. So I think that, you know, even if people aren't joyful, like you were giving the statistics in the beginning, they know hmm, I'm not happy in this job. I I need to find another job, you know? So at least they're seeking it. 
but sometimes it comes like at a later stage in life. And so with my companies, I really try to empower our students with skills so that they don't hit that wall later in life. How are people finding you? Um, mostly through our website and social media. Um, obviously referrals. We have a lot of referrals because we get really close with families and our students, but mostly our website and social media. That's awesome. You said something I wanted to tap into just a little bit more. You said that you are able to not just tutor them, but go deeper and find out what those underlying issues are. So who, who, is, who are your coaches or tutors or what are the qualifications for that and what are they doing specifically? Because I say all ages, all abilities, all subjects, I have to have a very diverse staff of tutors that can work with all ages, all abilities, all subjects. So I have some teachers, I have some professors, but I also have professionals in the field. All of them are college educated, all of them have teaching experience. But, you know, I think that beyond those surface qualifications, I would say that all of them are heart-centered and committed to going beyond just doing homework with the student. Um, plus, I've trained them all in strategies. And the strategies I work on are how do we intertwine into our curriculum, lessons on three areas, metacognition, executive functions, and interpersonal skills. Metacognition is probably one that most people haven't heard of. That's thinking about how you think executive functions as the get stuff done. <laughs> and then the interpersonal skills we're more familiar with, you know, how do we, you know, manage ourselves in this world, you know, this community, the society that we're in. And so we really work on those skills because we want to set them up so that no matter what challenge they face, they have a set of tools that they can access and end up being successful, whatever that means to them. I see you're in quite a few metropolitan areas. How many tutors do you have and, and what is the what is the breadth and depth of your students? Are they are they working, wanting to work? Are they in school? What are they doing? Um, so I have currently a little over 60 tutors um, still hiring and bringing people on. We, you know, because this is often their second job, there's a lot of transition and, and moving around with what's going on in their lives. And the students that we help, you know, if I was going to say an overall phrase, it would be the students where the traditional system isn't working for them, whatever reason that might be. Maybe there's a learning difficulty um, that they're struggling with. Maybe it's just because the traditional system is, is broken. <laughs> and um, it's almost like our youth are kind of beyond what we're what our school structure is. You know, they're really seeking something more. Um, and so we're really trying to help them to become better students, but also, you know, better workers and better people by, by teaching them these skills. Would you agree you're looking to create more joy in their lives? Oh, absolutely. And do you I mean, talk, do, sorry, go ahead. Do you talk just, about that? Yeah, I would say joy around learning because a lot of the kids come to us so frustrated. You know, they've been either fed um, lines that they've internalized and now think they're incapable or not good at something, or they're just unengaged. They're un unmotivated. It doesn't inspire them what they're doing. They don't see the connection to their life or their future. Um, and so it's sad because learning is so enjoyable and it's so empowering and, and, and motivating and inspiring. And so we really try to bring the joy back into learning. And a lot of that just comes from simplifying processes, um, you know, really 
making it a peaceful experience for them and helping them to understand that how they are is, is good. This is, you know, there's nothing wrong with you, um, but let's make this work for you. And then obviously, you know, our goal is that that transitions into life choices that they make. And we also help students with choosing majors, colleges, careers, um, and really making sure it's their choice, that it really is tied to, to what they are passionate about. Well, that's pretty incredible. So just congratulations. I can feel a lot of passion going on about who <laughs> you are and what you're doing. Um, my first question about that is why? Why is tutoring your deal? I think I was one of those kids um, where I was bored. I wasn't engaged. I, I loved learning, but it wasn't serving that purpose for me. I was also labeled and boxed in and um, started going down a path. Luckily, I caught it and I was like, mm, this isn't for me. <laughs> like, I'm not interested in this. And everyone around me is saying I should do this. And I'm like, that's not really what I'm into. Um, and, I, and I've been fortunate that I've had the courage or I guess the confidence to kind of forge my own path. And I think that's really what a lot of it comes down to is that for many students, school creates a lack of confidence um, and a lack of independence. And it's really hard to kind of go down your own path when you don't have confidence or independence. And so those are really the two things we work on first. And beyond my own personal story, you know, I, I was an educator before. I'm passionate about education. I love learning, so I love teaching. But I really um, think that that is the way to invoke change in the world is, is through education. Um, and so if we really want to see the big picture, you know, progress of society, I, th I think we need to start with what, what our kids are learning. That's funny. I often ask people if you could throw, you know, some money or time or energy toward one subject and address it and really have shift, education often comes up because yeah. it needs to be revamped from the very beginning most times and what we're teaching and how we're teaching and all of that. So. So very cool. So Lindsay, I would love, so joy to me is um, who you are as a human being. And I'm wondering, you said you have 60 tutors. So I feel like you really need to be a leader of joy and really have your people in a culture of joy or, or speaking the, the language at least. So how is it that you rise to the occasion yourself and then bring your team with you? You know, it's funny because, and, and it's happened with me too, but a lot of my tutors, when we go through the process of how do we teach our students mindfulness and growth mindset and goal setting and all these other, you know, res resilience and these things that we're working on with our students, a lot of my tutors, their feedback is, huh, I need to do this more in my own life. If I'm teaching it, how am I not doing it more in my own life? So I get some pretty incredible feedback from my tutors of, you know that strategy you showed us for students? I've been doing it and it's really great. <laughs> I, you know, I've really seen a change. And so for a lot of my tutors, naturally, this is their second job, which obviously is, you know, primarily probably because of income. But for them, um, even for myself, when I was a tutor outside of being a teacher, it was my my fun, my joy, because we don't get a lot of instant gratification as a tutor, I'm sorry, as a teacher, as a classroom teacher, and a lot of your days are spent feeling defeated <laughs> in a way. Um, 
even the best teachers. And so when I would work with a student one-on-one -on -one and I got that aha moment that all the tutors always talk about of they got it and they're, and they're excited and they wanna do the next one and we had a breakthrough, it's instant gratification. And it makes me feel good knowing I helped someone else. So my job as a tutor brought me joy in areas where I felt like I wasn't getting the, the satisfaction maybe from my, my job or that instant satisfaction. And I get that feedback from my tutors as well that yes, it's income, but it's something they actually really enjoy. I love that. I would like us to explore the core practice of Joyly here, if you don't mind. It's called the yeah. Chair of Joy Experience. Would you be open to that? Absolutely. This, the seat in which you are sitting is really the chair of joy. So it's not just my chair, although I have a big fancy chair that I take all around the world, but um, our, our belief and our, um, our understanding and our unveiling is that a lot of problems can be, can be solved if we raise the vibration of joy. So I don't think, as you said, many of us do this very often for ourselves, right? As business owners, as leaders, as influencers, we're always um, doing the next thing or moving on or checking our phones or whatever we're doing. So you probably would agree with me based on what you said that stillness, mindfulness is where the change and the shift happens. If we can just find that place more often and stop talking, that it's likely that um, there is a huge amount of shift. So it's real simple and it goes really quick and anyone can do this. And what we're asking everyone to do is to do this three times a day. And um, what if we all did this? This is what I'm super curious to ask you when we're done. So just keep your feet on the ground. And this alone is stillness. Like, oh my gosh, my feet are actually on the ground. They're not moving, the ground's not moving. I can actually count on where I am right now to be assuring me that I'm in the right place um, and that everything is okay. So I ask people just to wiggle their toes a little bit and feel their feet on the ground. Just say to yourself, feet on the ground, feet on the ground, wiggle your toes, feel your socks. And I'll see your arms on your armchairs, just feel your butt in your seat. And then I, the next thing is simple, just look around in your office Silence and meditation and mindfulness is not complicated. It's like, wow, there's that picture on the wall of the Redwood Forest that I went to once upon a time. That was cool. And then also listen, like, what, what do you hear? So that's feet on the ground, listen, listen and um, listen and look. And then the next thing is just take a deep breath in. This is really fun. What was one of the most joyful moments, Lindsay, that you've ever had in your life? One more time, deep breath in. Where were you? Who were you with? When was a time that you were like, man, that was cool. That was joyful. Can you tell me about it? Have you ever dropped your phone on the floor, on your face, or in some other embarrassing place? Don't you wish there was something you could attach to your phone case that would help you hold your phone so you don't have to, or at least as much? Introducing Steady Straps, a comfortable, adjustable, strong, elastic strap with 100% Velcro brand closures that helps you hold your phone more securely without dropping it and use it easier and faster, especially one-handed. It's the only smartphone grip accessory without adhesives, and it's 100% wireless charging ready without having to remove or adjust it first. Check us out at SteadyStraps.com and order some today. Yeah, um, around this time last year before the pandemic, I was in Bali and we went to the, the monkey forest and that was just watching them play and, you know, have fun was awesome. I could have been there for days. I know. So funny. I just did the same thing. So I exactly, yeah. they jumped so on fun. my shoulder. They oh, ate so cute. Yeah. 
so cute, but so bad. So bad. <laughs> they're naughty. Yeah, they're very naughty. So next thing is um, one more deep breath. So deep breath in. And let's go to one more joyful place. Anything you can think of, maybe yesterday, maybe, you know, when you were a kid, whatever works. Something come up? Yeah, you know, it's funny. Probably my happiest place is on my best friend's couch in California. <laughs> so sometimes when I have to think of my happy place, I, I put myself in her living room. That's beautiful. So would you say that if you could give those two words, the Bali experience and your best friend's couch, a word, one word, what would you give the essence of the two of those events? Your Bali monkey experience and your best friend's coach. I would say peace. Okay, beautiful. So we just made joy intangible, the intangible feeling of something out there that I have to go get or go on another trip. Tangible, like, oh my God, it's already inside of me. I already did those things. It's already amazing. So if you would say joy is peace and peace is joy, would you agree? Yeah. Okay, cool. So if you could put peace or joy, both of those, into a, into some kind of container, what would that be? I'm, I'm taking you a little bit further down the journey because it's kind of fun. I want to hear what the container look like. Mm -hmm. Oh, I would say it's probably a glass, colorful glass jar with lots of etchings on it and flowers coming out of it. Awesome. Again, do you see just from your perspective, being a teacher and a tutor, how we made the intangible tangible? And now you have this thing and maybe people even take a container idea and go make it like maybe a glass with some flowers and you go, oh yeah, that's right, yeah. that's peace, that's joy for me. And so if we were in, in an airport and we were coming off the ramp in New York and there were 3000 executives there and they don't understand that you're leading from this place of joy, this place of peace, of who you are and that's that 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 in there that that therein lies your success and your focus and your success your um, expansion what would you say to those ceos about your ability to be peaceful and joyful and how it affects your business yeah i would say that it's it's within you and accessible no matter where you are um, and it's something that can be shared, you know, even though maybe it's not technically tangible, it's something that you can pass on to other people and spread. So that, that's really basically the chair of joy experience. I'm curious if you have a chair of joy in your home somewhere other than in front of your computer. I do. I actually have a hammock in my house, <laughs> which people think is crazy, but there's times there's something about just sitting in that hammock by the window with my plants and just sitting there with kind of nothing on. Um, it's very relaxing. How often would you say you do that, Lindsay? Not enough. Um, probably like once a week if I'm like, I need to meditate or kind of ground myself in a way, I'll go sit in there. But I'm looking at it like, oh, maybe I'll sit in there tonight. <laughs> So Lindsay, that's really fun and powerful to have this conversation with you, with you because I think that you are in the business of teaching this, right? And and ultimately, when you get people to what they're doing in life, their goals, their careers, they're experiencing more joy. So would you agree that a practice like this might be something that could impact the world if we all did it a little bit more often? Absolutely, especially because it's accessible in any moment. So if you're in a moment of anxiety or sadness, you know, it's a good way to ground yourself again. Absolutely. And I think that, that I think what people strive for is like, I, I don't know how to be happy. I don't know what to get. How do I get to that? I always say happy is like, is like the other emotions like fear, worry, and depression. Happy kind of comes and goes. Like, yeah. you know, my car is on the blink. I brought a new car. I feel happy, but now my car broke, so I'm not happy anymore. Yeah. But joy is a word that we can keep and sustain and 
draw on it and and even in good and bad times, right? All the time. So my question is now, Lindsay, I'm gonna put you on the spot. Is it possible? I know a hammock is kind of kind of weird to get jump in, not weird, but maybe not as easy as just sitting down in a chair. Is it possible for you to jump in that chair, Joy, your hammock? Mm -hmm. Quick times a day. How many times a day? Three. Even yeah. two. Probably. Right? See? Yeah. So that's the point of this whole thing is like, what if we did it ourselves first, right? And then as leaders, it impacted us, right? Mm -hmm. And we created less, you know, more, more um, flow, more openness, more productivity. It's like a receptacle, like a bowl. Think of that. If you're mm -hmm. not time to relax, it's like nothing new can get in. But if you turn the bowl over, like, here comes all the solutions. So let me just think about this for a minute. I'm curious. You said maybe you'll do this tonight. So I'm curious if it's possible that you could put, I haven't really asked anybody this, but I'm curious. Could you put the word stop on your computer three times a day? Like in your calendar, your actual calendar. Oh, and had like a told myself to stop what I'm doing and go take a break? Yeah. Yeah, I actually have been doing that a lot more lately when I feel, yeah. I've been reading my body where I'm like, Mm, I need to get away from this desk. And so yeah. I just go step away for like five, 10 minutes, no phone, no nothing. I've been calling it adult timeout. <laughs> uh, so I just kind of put myself on adult timeout and it's nice. Yes, it is. It is. It is. And just the, the thing about that is what if we got ahead of it and we didn't get to the stress and the worry and, and the feeling of the angst, like, dang, everything's really overwhelming right now. Right. And got ahead of it. Right. And then True. you put, you put, you're not going to put your feet on the ground in the hammock necessarily, but that's okay. And, you know, and you just took a deep breath and looked around and felt, you know, quiet, which you're already doing and called in a couple joyful moments, just like you did with your Bali moment and your, yeah. your, your friend moment. And then what's really cool after that is I often ask people to pick up the phone and call the friend and say, Hey, it's just thinking about you. It's really cool. Yeah. So, you know, mm -hmm. anyway, that's so cool. So I'm going to ask you at the very end, if you might jump on the, the joyly bandwagon and, and do that a couple more times a day than you're normally doing. And I think that would be really cool. I but say that, let's, let's commit for the end of the month and see, you know, till the end of the month and see how we feel. Let's do it. <laughs> I like to take it. an experimental approach. So I'm like, let's put it all in for a couple weeks. And if we don't feel different after a couple weeks, which I know I will. Would you um, get back to me? That would be incredible. Yeah. I have one lady. Can I tell you a quick story? Sure. She was kind of like kind of all over the place. She would have been a great candidate for what you're doing because she couldn't mm -hmm. figure out what she wanted to do. And she's so talented. And she was like, oh, you know, you could just feel this kind of overwhelm. And I taught her about the chair of joy, I actually brought the chair to her up to Austin, Texas and put her in it and put her through the whole experience. And she's been slowly doing it kind of over time, she's like, I forgot about it, I'm doing it. And then the more we're talking, she's been doing it three times a day, Real, even if it's a minute, just a yeah. minute. You can go, you know, <sighs> mm -hmm. think, look around, call in a couple of times, in, in 60 seconds. And just mm -hmm. the other day she called me. So anyway, what happened is I scooped her up and brought it in because she's seeing results. But she said, Cheryl, it's happening. My friend just invited me to St. Lucia and I'm going for three months and my business oh, wow taken off and all kinds of really cool things are happening to her so, anyway back to my question so let's talk about your measurement of success i'm curious what what your most uh important kpi is would you say 
I always, I feel like I have a, a, a pretty good sense of intuition. And so I, I always say whatever makes you feel like <sighs> means you're on the right path. And so I think when you're finding what's truly your path and you feel again at peace um, with your decisions and, and with the direction that your life is going, I would say that's a measure of success. That's awesome. So would you say, um, uh, would you say, would you, uh, sorry, uh, sorry, would could to measure that success and for all of our listeners to understand, could you give us a quick story of a, of a specific successful event? I'm really lucky, probably luckier than most because I am in a job where I'm constantly getting feedback. Um, and so, I mean, every day I'm getting text messages and emails from parents who are like, oh my gosh, the house is so much calmer now and he's so happy. And the tutors are like, oh, I just really love this new student that I'm working with. And I get a lot of really great feedback. Plus, you know, obviously working with the students myself, I get that instant, you know, feedback. So I'm super lucky in that. And those are the times where I, I share it. I'll, you know, screenshot it and share it with a couple people. Like, isn't this cool? And um, just, you know, I feel very proud that I'm able to, help others in a way that I, I honestly didn't even know. Like I knew I was helping students, but I didn't think about helping the families and the tutors. And so it's it's really um, empowering and it feels really good. Is growth on the horizon for you? Is that something you're looking to do? I know you heard you say you're oh, yeah. hiring. <laughs> yeah, um, especially with the nonprofit, because I think that that's just so needed right now. Um, so yeah, there's, you know, there's a spotlight shining on education right now and a spotlight shining on inequities. And I am definitely taking this opportunity and doing what I can to, to improve. So if, if, if you could ask our uh, audience that's listening today, what would be your ask? I would, let's see, question. Well, if we're talking about a tangible ask, I'd say check out the nonprofit and donate because <laughs> we are really relying on donations right now until we get grant funding and we have kids ready like they're just ready to start so um, that would probably be the most tangible and then other than that i would say follow us on social media um, i'm always posting really great tips and advice and trying to share our strategies with others whether you're a parent or a student or not um, there's a lot of really good practices there that's awesome. Awesome. And I will make sure I get the links um, for our team to make sure they include um, so that people can find you. Um, and I would also ask our audience if we could all join Lindsay in her commitment for 30 days to the Chair of Joy Experience or the Chair of Hammock Experience, <laughs> if you will, to see what's possible if, if we get ahead of the chaos and the crazy and give ourselves an opportunity to really get that magic inside of you and to create the joy, the conversation of joy and use the word joy. I think happy is great. And I think we all love the feelings of happy that come our way, but being, being extremely joyous, joyful like Lindsay is and seeing that roll out in her entire community like she is, is something to behold. I think that there is no other um, job on earth that could be more powerful than to see your clients and your customers rising to that level of joy like you're creating for them. So Lindsay, I, I appreciate it. Any last words you want to leave for our audience? You made me think of a quote I've heard once that said, if you don't have time to meditate, then meditate twice. <laughs> um, and it's true because a lot of people are like, I don't have time for this. You're the one that really needs it. So I would, you know, do this three times a day. It's, it's totally possible. Beautiful. Lindsay, you have a beautiful day and it was so nice to have you on the Joy Lee podcast. Thank you. You too.
This show has been produced by Market Domination, LLC. To discover how you can have your own show completely done for you and turn it into a real published book and become the authority in your marketplace, go to www.marketdominationllc.com slash podcast offer.